Welcome to Humans in Public Health. I'm Megan Hall. All this week, Brown University School of Public Health is examining the theme, Public Health is Where You Are. Today, noise pollution. Stand still and listen for a second. What do you hear? Even an empty room is full of sounds. Fans whirring, appliances running, cars driving by. We're surrounded by noises, so much so that we often don't even notice them. But certain sounds can gnaw away at us, affecting not just our mental health, but our physical health as well. That's Brown University School of Public Health's Erica Walker's area of expertise. She studies the health effects of noise pollution and says sound is a proxy for power. My name is Erica Walker, and I am an assistant professor of epidemiology at the Brown University School of Public Health. Have you ever been like in a bustling business district or somewhere, or somewhere busy, and you get in the elevator, and the door closes, and it's like completely quiet? <laughs> I love elevators for that reason alone. So I just like the sound inside of an elevator. Favorite sound. What is your least favorite sound? Upstairs neighbor's footsteps. <laughs> Erica Walker once lived in one of the noisiest places on earth, below a family with children. So before I got into this quote unquote thing called public health, um, I was at a working artist. And my basement apartment was my apartment, but it was also my studio. And up until the point that these neighbors moved in upstairs, you know, it had been a really peaceful place. But as soon as these neighbors moved in upstairs, they had two small children and they used to run across their floor, which was my ceiling for like literally 24 hours a day. Doom, 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 doom. It sounded like elephants walking across my ceiling. But it literally started about five o'clock in the morning and it would go until about midnight. My stomach would drop, my heart would race, my head would start to hurt. It's that kind of sound that just gets in your bones. So it's like you can even have on your headphones, your earplugs, and you can still feel it reverberating in your chest. Erica looked online for ways to soften the noise. In the process, she realized this was a bigger issue maybe one that had even affected her as a child. I grew up in a small town in Mississippi that was right next to both a major highway and a major rail line that shipped anything from livestock to cars. And so I've always, I think, just because of that experience growing up, always been into to the environmental soundscape because of how I grew up. But I think it was this experience with my upstairs neighbors that sort of confirmed that this is what I should be doing. So I sold off all my equipment, moved out of my apartment, and really, really took a dive into this world of public health. When Erica got to grad school, she researched how low-frequency sounds, like the footsteps of an upstairs neighbor, affect people's health in the short term. Her team would play a sound for someone. Then they take their blood pressure, heart rate, and cortisol levels. So when we did our laboratory study, we found that those sounds had negative impacts on your acute cardiovascular and stress responses. And that was like, 
Yes, I knew it because when I was dealing with my upstairs neighbors, it was driving me crazy. So if you're constantly exposed to these sounds, it sets off a stress response. Over a longer period of time, that can lead to more serious cardiovascular um, disorders. And we've seen the epidemiology to show that could, that could be anything from increased risk to heart attack to hypertension. Erica broadened her research to find how noise was affecting communities. She made an app that asked people to report sounds they could hear in their neighborhoods. What were people most annoyed by? (laughs) It ultimately boiled down to things that they weren't able to control. Barking dogs, horns, things that they weren't able to control, things that were sort of inconsistent, sort of short bursts of things. During the pandemic, reporters asked Erica about how COVID changed the way our neighborhoods sound. She told them where she lived, it was eerily quiet. I heard birds. I heard people breathing. I heard people's conversations. I just heard things I hadn't heard before, but that was my experience. But then Erica was also getting messages from her former students. They said there was a lot of noise where they lived. On her app, she saw certain communities had complaints about fireworks and gun sounds. I realized that the answer to that question depended on where you lived and who you were. And so that sort of changed my research in a way because I wanted to make sure that I was always in tune to where people were and who they were. Erica says in many ways, how quiet a neighborhood is can tell you how powerful the residents are. Take the sound of the red line train in Boston. So the same red line, it runs through Beacon Hill and it runs through Chinatown. You know, the wheels squeak in Chinatown, but they don't squeak in Beacon Hill. What's the difference? Beacon Hill has money and had money to be like, no, MBTA, no, you're not going to be squeaking in my neighborhood. Whereas Chinatown is like, "Eh, well, you know... We have other issues we need to deal with, and we don't have the money or the time or the power to influence people. So if you have more power to shut people down, literally, you're probably going to be able to get more quiet, too. Wow. So sound is like a proxy for power. Absolutely. Erica is trying to bring that power to communities that don't always have it. She's working with neighborhoods to control things like the sound of late night concerts. We want to have a conversation about how many concerts, what time should they end, what are you going to do with the trash pickup, all of these other things. Are you going to block roads, these kinds of things. So it leads to a series of social contracts that I think better solve the problem because now we sort of distribute that power over more people and more people feel included and they feel heard. I think the best remedy to most things just outside of sound is to listen to people. Erica Walker's latest project is listening to people in her hometown. She's in the middle of an 18-month project measuring not only noise pollution, but air pollution and water quality near the place where she grew up, in the Jackson, Mississippi metro area. She hopes the project will leave behind tangible tools for the residents to apply for grants, advocate for their communities, and gain more power over their environment. Erica Walker is an assistant professor of epidemiology at the Brown University School of Public Health. She's also the founder of the Community Noise Lab. You've been listening to Humans in Public Health, a special series for National Public Health Week. Humans in Public Health is brought to you by Brown University School of Public Health. 
This episode was produced by Tino Della Merced. I'm Megan Hall. Talk to you tomorrow.